Nothing changes your heart like praying for your enemies. And there's a reason Jesus told us to do that. And that's just one of the tools we're going to talk about in today's episode on how to move towards reconciliation and towards forgiveness and away from bitterness. More to come on this week's Dreamers and Disciples. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Wade Joy, and I pray that you're having a blessed day wherever you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to it, whether it's the week it's released or maybe a year from now. I pray that uh, you find yourself doing well, and I'd love to ask you a favor before we begin. If this podcast is encouraging to you, will you do two things for me? Will you first of all subscribe so you never miss an episode? And then will you also share the episode with at least one person? You can do that on social media. You can post it, or you can copy the link and text it to a friend. You can do it when the episode's over. You can even do it right now, but either way, it would mean a lot to me. And I'm excited about what God's given me to share today because I think it's going to hopefully help set you free from some relational bitterness that you've struggled with. And it's a conversation we began last week on bitterness, and we're going to get a bit more surgical with it, a bit more tactical to talk about it on the relational level this week. But first, let me give you a recap of last week's episode. And if you didn't listen to it, make sure you go and check that out because I go a lot deeper into some of this. But we keyed in on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 through 15, which says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. And we said that we experience bitterness as unresolved, over-rehearsed anger and resentment. So we we take a thought and we stew on it, we repeat it, we um, it becomes all-consuming, it's all we focus on. And even though we feel it on an emotional level, at its core, bitterness is a belief issue because it's due to a diminishing trust in God and an increasing... Uh, inflated view of our own righteousness apart from Christ. Um, So we don't see God correctly. We doubt that He loves us. We doubt that He cares for us. And then we don't see ourselves correctly. We think we deserve more than someone else. Or, you know, we build a case for why these things shouldn't have happened for us or to us and why they should have happened to someone else. Or we, we can go into all different kinds of scenarios. But we're not seeing correctly when we allow a root of bitterness to form. And once again, bad things could have happened to you. Uh, You could be completely justified in a lot of your feelings, but we build up this case and this narrative that excludes God's forgiveness and it excludes uh, our duty and our calling to forgive others when we allow bitterness to take hold. So verse 15 says that bitterness is destructive. It causes trouble and defiles many. And so bitterness, it distracts you. It discourages you. It delays you from doing what God has called you to do. It can damage others. It can deflate their hope and their joy. It affects everybody in your orbit. And so we talked last week about how to see, how a seed grows into a root of bitterness, and it happens through repetition, repeating the matter to yourself, repeating the matter to the person uh, who hurt you, repeating the matter to others. And then I gave in the podcast last week some better repetitions uh, so that we can hold on to the right truth and we can repeat the right thing. So once again, check out that episode. But I want to get 
uh, way more pointed this week and talk about relational bitterness and what to do when you've let the seed actually grow into a root. How do you uproot that? And the first part of Hebrews 12, 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. So that's what we're really going to key in on today. How do we live in peace with everyone and be holy? How do you uproot relational bitterness? How do you move towards reconciliation and forgiveness and away from bitterness? So I want you uh, right now to ask the Holy Spirit to bring to mind, is there a situation and specifically a relationship where you have allowed bitterness to take root? So as we talk through this podcast, I want you to think through this in light of that relationship that the Lord has brought to mind. So I'm just going to give you some key principles that we're going to unpack. And the first is this, a root grows in the dark, so bring it into the light. A root grows into the dark, so bring it into the light. So to bring this root into the light, it it involves and starts with confession. And we have to, number one, confess it to God. You have to start by looking inward uh, to see the part that you play in bitterness. And so Psalm 139 uh, 23 through 2014 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That is an amazing scripture to memorize and to pray and say, God, search my heart. Show me where uh, I have allowed bitterness towards someone else, where I've allowed bitterness towards you, God, to take root and ask God to bring it to light so you can confess it. And then be willing to own the part that you've played, own the bad attitude that you might have. So Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Uh, Bitterness usually takes root and forms when all of our attention is on what the other person has done and not on the part that we have played in letting a relationship go south, letting it sour, letting it deteriorate. So what attitudes need to be confessed? What wrong beliefs need to be repented of? Start by confessing it to God. Then when appropriate, um, and I would say uh, in most cases this is appropriate, but the person that you do this with um, needs wisdom, confess to someone else. Uh, confess to someone else. James 5, 16 says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So James says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. I believe in our culture today, confession is a lost art. We we like to cover up our sin. We don't like to humble ourselves and tell someone, hey, I was wrong here. I need your help. We don't like to invite people in and say, hey, I know that I can um, be biased and and not see my own faults. Can you see any way that I'm contributing to the problem? It is hard to humble ourselves before other people, but God speaks to us through other people and God draws near to us when we humble ourselves. And so that can be through a pastor, uh, through your godly community. It can be through your spouse. Uh, You can humble yourself uh, before a therapist, but We need to be able to confess our sins to others because that is when healing takes place. Um, I talk about the practice of confession in my free ebook, Seven Ways to Renew the Health of Your Soul. So if you don't have that, there's a link for it in the show notes, or you can go to wayjoy.com and get it there. But I mentioned this last week, and I want to say it again. 
for everything that I'm talking about today, get pastoral guidance with the people and the pastors that know you and the church that you're planted at. I can't pastor you from a podcast. I can give you guidance, but every issue is nuanced and different. That's why you need to bring trusted people into your situation so that you can be healed, so that they can support you, they can pray for you. Uh, Then you need to address it with the person and seek reconciliation. So you confront what you care about. Don't let something fester. Don't let it just sit there in your heart and in your mind. Go to the person. Confront them in love. Ask for their forgiveness. Sometimes um, you're the one who's in the wrong the more you pray about it, and you need to go to them and ask for their forgiveness. But either way, you need to address it with the person and seek reconciliation. But you've got to be wise. Sometimes you need someone else there with you. Sometimes... Um, if there's been a, a very severe case of trauma or pain, it might not to be need to be in person. It might need to be after a certain period of time. And depending on the level of pain or what it actually is, uh, this might look very, very different. Once again, get pastoral guidance, get guidance from, from a counselor, from your godly community. But where needed, address it with the person and seek reconciliation. Maybe it needs to be a letter or an email seek wisdom, but say what needs to be said to that person, whether it's forgiving them or asking for their forgiveness, um, but make sure that there's no unaddressed uh, pain that can can cause the root to continue to grow and grow and grow. And then, like I said, forgive where you need to forgive and ask for forgiveness where you are in the wrong. Uh, Colossians 3, 12 through 14 says, since God chose you to be holy, to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I love verse 13. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We are a culture now that does not make allowance for other people's faults. Um, But God has called us to be radical people of forgiveness because we have been forgiven radically ourselves by Jesus. That is the sign of a follower of Christ, that we love and that we forgive, that we clothe ourselves with love and we bind together in perfect harmony because of the grace and forgiveness of God. So set boundaries where necessary. We'll talk about that more in a moment. But don't withhold forgiveness because God did not withhold forgiveness from us. So that's the first point. A root grows in the dark, so bring it into the light. You bring it into the light before God, within yourself, to other people. And then second point is uproot quickly. Uproot quickly. Roots grow deeper the longer you wait to deal with them. So the longer you wait, the more difficult a root is to dig out and the longer it takes to heal. Now, I never thought I would be a lawn guy as an adult man, as a dad, um, but I fit that stereotype. I I somehow love cutting my grass and I'm really OCD about weeds in my yard. And the summer I made a mistake, I let some Dallas grass weeds um grow a little bit too long without me dealing with them. Because when they're small, I can kind of uproot them by hand, but I let them get out of hand and I I couldn't pull them out. They had spread all over my yard. And so I had to 
to basically not just kill the weed with the spray, but I had to kill all the grass around it because I let the weed grow for too long. It was no longer a, a quick fix with minimal damage. It actually re- killed a lot of the yard in order to deal with the root issue so that the rest of the yard could eventually be healed. And so, yes, something can be healed when there's a root, but there's going to be more collateral damage than when you deal with something quickly. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 25 through 26, settle matters quickly with your adversary who's taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over uh, to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. He's, He's making a point here about settling matters and offenses and disagreements quickly with your adversary. And I know that might sound like a strong word, your adversary, but when there is disagreement that causes relational bitterness, there is an adversarial relationship there that needs to be handled quickly because the longer it goes on, the more damage it's going to cause, not just to you and that other person, but even to the other people in your orbit. Ephesians 4, 25 through 26 says, Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. When you allow unforgiveness and bitterness to fester, you're giving the devil a foothold in your life and in the lives of the people that you relate to. So don't um, speak falsehood, speak truthfully, and speak timely uh, when you're angry uh, so that you can you can settle the matter. Now, be wise. Don't go right away when you're just like red hot angry. You need to give yourself time to cool down. So once again, there's wisdom here. There's an appropriate timeliness. Sometimes it is wise to wait a week uh, depending on what the situation is. But but you need to once again submit to to godly counsel. But the the value here is to uproot as quickly and as wisely as possible. All right, the next point is don't leave room for the root to take hold again. Grow something better. Don't leave room for the root to take hold again. Grow something better. So we talked about this a little bit last week, but you need to guard your tongue. You need to make sure you're not repeating the matter in a a disparaging way or complaining or negative way to others. So choose once you forgive And once you've dealt with it, once you've spoken the honest words that need to be said, then choose to not talk about it anymore. Don't vent and say it's a prayer request. Uh, Ephesians 4, 29 through 32 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ, uh, just as in Christ, God forgave you. So don't leave room for the root to take hold again. Grow something better through your words, through speaking kind words, through not speaking negative words. Uh, Don't leave room for the root to take hold again by setting wise boundaries. We talked about this a lot last week, but don't put yourself in a position to continually become bitter. So let me take this in a different direction than than last week. Monitor the inputs in your life because Instagram might be the thing that's causing you to become bitter because it is a constant window into other people's lives that make you think that God loves them more than he loves you or that he has given them more than he's given you. So maybe there's something that you are allowing access into your life that is making you bitter and you need to set a boundary. 
Uh, maybe take it off your phone for a season. Does a certain show or a certain certain people that you're around trigger your bitterness? Set boundaries where appropriate so you're not giving the root uh, uh, room to take hold again. Uh, take uh, or change your focus through prayer and kindness. So make sure you're sowing seeds of kindness in your life. Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. See, when you pray for those who persecute you, you are planting um, seed in the soil that eradicates bitterness. Because when you pray for those who persecute you, uh, and nothing ought to make you more bitter than persecution, um, but you are doing something that transforms your heart in a way that bitterness can't take root in. uh, Because Jesus is asking you to pray for them, not really for their benefit, it's more, and I'm yes, there is benefit for them and you praying for them. I believe that. But I think the main benefit is for you. Because when you are praying for someone else, it is hard to hate those that you're praying for. It is hard um, to wish evil on those that you're asking God to bless. So as you pray for your enemies, as you pray for the people that have hurt you, as you pray for the people that might have done something that makes you justifiably angry and upset, but when you pray for them and you ask God to forgive them, you are doing something that supernaturally transforms your heart and it leaves no room for bitterness to grow. When you pray, and I'm not just saying a a token prayer, and then you just go on complaining about them, but when you commit to faithfully pray for them, and anytime a thought, a negative thought about them comes to your mind, you pivot and you pray instead. That is is tilling the soil in your heart um, to plant good seed, where the fruits of the Spirit will grow. So make sure you pray for your enemies. Uh, it reminds you to trust God with the outcomes as well. And then just something on a very practical level that doesn't um, sound as spiritual, but enjoy what fuels your soul. Listen to the music that you love. Go outside on a walk. Take in beauty because beauty can battle your bitterness. Because beauty reminds you of the goodness of God. Beauty makes your soul come alive. So what are the things that just feed your soul? Do that. And on a, on a very spiritual level, fill your heart with worship. Fill your heart with the Word of God. Be in church. Uh, open your heart to the right inputs. Once again, that leave no room for the root to take hold again of bitterness. Do something meaningful for others and get outside of yourself. Remember, a lot of bitterness comes from an inflated and distorted esteem of our own righteousness apart from Christ. Take yourself out of the center of your universe and make sure you're serving other people because when we do that, we're loving and living the way Jesus loves and lives. So finally, the last point is to continue to sow good seed in the soil of relationships. Continue to sow good seed in the soil of relationships. If you've withdrawn from relationships because you've been hurt, I want to encourage you, refuse to give up on godly relationships and godly community. Refuse to give up on that. Yes, you may need time to heal, and you may need a lot of time, 
trust your pastoral guidance, um, the guidance from a licensed Christian counselor, but don't give up on relationships. Don't give up on what healthy community is meant to look like. And ultimately, don't give up on gathering together as believers through the church, through the community of faith, which is meant to be our new family as followers of Jesus. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, and let us uh, consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. That's not just talking about showing up on church or at church on Sundays. I think that's a component of it, but it's about being in each other's lives as Christians. We are the family of God. We are meant to carry one another's burdens, to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. That doesn't happen in a once a week relationship. It happens as, as we love one another as family. And so bitterness wants to isolate you. Bitterness wants to isolate you, but uh, since Genesis 2.18, we've seen that it's not good for man to be alone, that God wanted to, to bring a helper alongside of us. And that wasn't just talking about man and wife, um, but we are not meant to be alone as followers of Jesus. We are meant to be a family walking side by side. We were not destined or designed to flourish in isolation. Hebrews tells us that our goal in meeting together it's also in what we bring. So we bring our worship to God. We we bring our encouragement to other people. So we we come to the gathering and to the church wanting to help other people, not just to try to get our needs met. So once again, this takes us out of the center of our own universe, and it places God at the center, and it puts our focus on how we can serve and bless other people. So turn your focus away from yourself and ask God, how can you love and care for others? Love is never meant uh, to orbit around what you want. Love at its core, as demonstrated by Jesus, is selfless. Love is always selfless, and that is the most powerful healing agent for a bitter heart. All right. So how do you uproot bitterness uh, in relationships, in broken relationships, where the, the seed has gone into a root? How do you deal with that? Number one, a root grows in the dark, so bring it into the light. You do that through confession, through confronting where you need to confront, through speaking truth where you need to speak truth, but bring it into the light and uproot quickly. Roots grow deeper the longer you wait to deal with them. So at an appropriate time, quickly deal with the matter, uproot it. Uh, third thing, don't leave room for the root to take hold again. Grow something better. And then finally, continue to sow good seed in the soil of relationships and the soil of godly community. I believe when we commit to live like this, we will be the kind of people where love and forgiveness and grace abound, and we will be people that reflect the heart of Jesus. So thanks for joining me today. I just I pray that the Lord uh, will grant you a spirit of forgiveness and grace and love, and I pray that this podcast has just helped uh, you listen to, to something the Holy Spirit wanted to say to you. And I pray that, uh, that that situation that I asked you to bring to mind at the beginning, where you're bitter, the person that came to mind, ask you to humbly pray and ask God, what step do you need to take towards forgiveness and towards reconciliation and away from bitterness? And whatever the Lord speaks to you, commit to do it quickly. All right, thanks for joining us again today for Dreamers and Disciples. Can't wait to see you back here next week.